This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast brought to you by Hoxo Media and I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined today by a familiar face to those who attend the True events um, hosted by Martin Dangerfield. This is Theo Smith and he's got quite an interesting profile. So Theo is a VP Customer Acquisition at Zincwork but he's also a neurodiversity evangelist which includes hosting his own podcast which is Neurodiversity eliminating kryptonite and enabling superheroes which is obviously something i'm very passionate about welcome to you today theo how are you thank you really good uh, so yeah that's a bit of a mouthful isn't it <laughs> you think about that it was originally neurodiversity at work but i, I wanted to kind of uh, have something that kind of described what the podcast was about rather than at work it's a bit boring right you yeah kind of absolutely we'll keep we'll keep it nice and simple for uh, for those who were uh, who want to know what neurodiversity actually means. So simplify it for us, what are we actually going to be talking about today? So neurodiversity, uh, I guess the concept that was brought about, um, one, one of the people who brought it about, Judy Singer, and the idea, I believe, was that neurodiversity is like biodiversity. So that uh, it's kind of natural uh, variations in kind of human evolution, right? So that there's so many people who are, ADHD or dyslexic or autistic or a dyscalculia or dyspraxia or uh, there's a, I mean we could go on right but there's so many of these people that it can't be by accident it's not a disability because like uh, evolution would have would have kind of got rid of these variations the reality is that these variations can be really really powerful uh, and I've had somebody just call me out recently who is neurodiverse around using superheroes uh, as a way to describe those who are, who are neurodiverse, neurodifferent, neurodivergent, depending on the terminology you'd like to use. But actually, I've seen it. I've seen it. Uh, high contrast, the leading drum bass producer has synesthesia. Uh, he sees sound as colour. And for some people, that can be debilitating, right? They, they hear these sounds and these colours they just blind them right so you think oh that's awful well no because high contrast lincoln barrett was up for a um uh, up for awards um or whatever it is uh emmy or whatever <laughs> um, but he's played at the olympics you know he's a leading person in his field and it's these colors that help him know he's creating the right sounds wow. so you're like you tell me that's not a superhuman power right like you put that into context of a uh, of a magazine then it is but not everybody's like that so basically neurodiversity is about everybody it's about the variations in human brain just like the thumbprint uh, and what it is is it's a, it's a positive around human variations and our differences empower us to be able to do incredible things Absolutely. so it doesn't have to be lasers from the eyes it could just be that we can do something in a really focused way much better than other people and that could be in the work context it could be at home it could be anywhere absolutely and, and creating an advantageous to um strategy to having people that have got different strengths like you say we wouldn't all we'd all be very the world would be a very boring place if we we're all the same that's what i always think so from an employment perspective because i'm you know let's keep it focused around that because that's our audience although i think this applies to most walks of life what's the current state of play what would you say the sort of culture is when it comes to an inclusive inclusivity piece when it comes to interviewing people and hiring people that are not one way or another? 
So this, even though this concept's fairly new in the work context, it's really taken off over the last three years. This last six, 12 months, it's exploded. I mean, organizations are really, um, are really taking on board. Mm. Uh, now, if we think about it in the context of somebody who's autistic or ADHD or dyslexic, often these individuals have spiky profiles. Uh, and what we mean by that is, like many people can have spiky profiles, but specifically this group of people have spiky profiles where um, their cognitive abilities, where there's a lot of people, and your IQ is an example, not that we necessarily buy into that as a, as a concept anymore, some of us, but you've got your IQ, lots of people may stay quite close to that line of their IQ level, right, in their cognitive abilities. Well, what you found now is some people, ADHD or autistic, they can have really spiky profiles. So they can be absolutely incredible in one cognitive skill, but really awful in others. Mm. So like me as an example, if you based uh, your um, thoughts around me as an individual, as an employee, around my organizational skills, I, I would fail significantly. So you'd go, Theo's an idiot. Like he keeps not turning up to places. He can't organize himself. He's an absolute waste of space. You wouldn't want to pay him a dime. But the reality is, if you're only focusing on that skill, then yes, I am an idiot. I'm not going to do very well. However, if you look more broadly across those other cognitive skills, you'll see that I've got a spiky profile. And in some areas, I outperform others significantly. Now, the challenge we've got for organizations is they don't often assess people based on their, their spiky profiles, where they're absolutely incredible. They, they base it across um, kind of a general overview. So we want somebody who's organized. We want somebody who deals well with people. We want somebody who holds eye contact, who can shake a hand. We want somebody who's, who's kind of quite good on all these different cognitive skills. Well, you know, 50%, 60% of the population may get away with that. Yeah. You've got 20, 30, 40% of the population it's just not happening. But does that mean we shouldn't employ them? Mm. Of course it doesn't. Because what we're missing out on is we're missing out on these people that could come in and plug gaps. So, you know, the three of the leading athletes of all time um, are ADHD. You've got Simone, Simone Biles, um, you've got um, Usain Bolt, and you've got the swimmer, um, whatever his name is. You've got three of the most elite athletes of all time and they're ADHD, right? right? That says something, right? Now, if, you, if, you, if you've got them, you've got Usain Bolt um, and Bals and uh, the, the, the big swimmer. <laughs> Sorry? Duncan Goodhue. No! No, no, no. no. Maybe, <laughs> maybe as well, who knows? <laughs> but, but if you get these people and said, listen, right, we're going to focus on maths. We're going we're gonna to spend most days focusing on maths, right? You're not going to go out on the track. You're not going to go in the pool. We're gonna we're gonna make you focus on maths. That is lost time, right? At making them some of the most incredible sports people in the world. Right, put that into the context of work environment yeah. or even the school environment where all of this is beginning. We're wasting huge amounts of time forcing kids and forcing employees to live within their kryptonite. Absolutely. Right? We're going, go live with that stuff you really hate and find yeah. really difficult, and we're gonna judge you on it and we're gonna assess you on it. And we're going to show you next to someone else and go, they're brilliant at that, and you're rubbish. How we're do you feel about benchmark you against someone where that, that is their flow, and you, this is not your flow at all. If you think about oh. it, it's so simple, but so preposterous, isn't it? Exactly. 
So, you know, and, and this is what we need to start to think about as organizations. You need to go, you need to be really tough with yourself as a recruiter, as a hiring manager, yep. HR departments need to pull their finger out. Yep. I've been a part of them so that I'm included in that, right? Um, and need to go, we're going to challenge the status quo and we're going to challenge a hiring manager to go, listen, right? You've got four skills. You need to do this job. Yep. If you've got somebody who could do two of them and you've got somebody over there who can do the other two and they can blow it out of the water, right? You've got two people who are outperforming in these areas. You build a team that can then cover for that, right? Because mm -hmm. you will have people that can plug in and support this side or that side. Mm -hmm. and, and when we've got teams that are quite flat, what we miss out on is the team might be performing quite well. So nobody's questioning that team. But no. imagine what they could achieve if somebody exploded through in a single line area. Absolutely. And start to really challenge. If we're thinking around science, we're thinking around solving COVID, we're thinking around sports, we're thinking around, you know, every facet of society and work. Yeah. Exactly. You've got to have somebody who smashes through that glass ceiling and goes, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge it. And the people get beyond them and go, we're going to hold you up. We're going to hold you up because you're going to solve problems we couldn't even conceive were possible to solve. We weren't even dealing with them because in our little bubbly, we were all quite happy doing quite well. And the company were happy with us doing quite well until this was disrupted. And often it happens by accident. What we want now is for it to happen by design. By design. It's, I mean, it, you use the word disruptive there because actually what it is potentially going to do is not only be disruptive to employers, but actually to our whole education system. Because I've thought for many years, you know, I, I can see the total contrast in my two daughters, for example. I know that what my natural, if you were to go and say to me, right, go and uh, sit there and have a load of spreadsheets and work out the activity for this team and, you know, go and set all the KPIs or actually go and come up with some great creative ideas on sort of blogs and podcasts and how to, you know, en enhance our um, a talent attraction strategy. Which, which side of the room do you think I'm going to go to? I mean, so we all know what our strengths are. And what I love about this topic is that, yes, it's innovative, but actually it will totally transform the human journey. Because why on earth are we trying to pigeonhole people and benchmark when every human being's different? Absolutely. And that's why neurodiversity is an incredible concept. Because what mm -hmm. we're getting to is this isn't about you know, me who's ADHD and dyslexic, right? It is, okay, yeah. yeah. It's about everyone, because if we can get this right, a team that, and, and you know, there's all the evidence that more diverse teams outperform others, right? But it's still complicated, because what happens is go, right, we want a more diverse team, we're gonna have a black person, we're gonna have, um, we're gonna have somebody who's Catholic, we're gonna have a woman, we're gonna have, we're gonna have, we're gonna have. Yeah. Really what we're trying to achieve is somebody who's gonna challenge the status quo, somebody who's gonna, um, somebody who's gonna make that, that team think differently, right? So we're not talking about gender, we're not talking about race, we're talking about somebody's neurological makeup. And yes, their race, their gender plays a part in that, part of the way they think if they're of a religious mindset and they go to church every sunday they will have a particular way of thinking of communicating and engaging yeah. but they could be somebody who's autistic who's a church goer they could be somebody um who's highly entrepreneurial and adhd and whatever and, and very confident engaging with people and talk that go to church or they may not be religious at all do you yeah. see it becomes quite it becomes quite complex 
But if we think about it, that every single human being has their own individual brain, like a thumbprint, and we're going to treat them as human beings, yeah. and we're not going to try and have this broad brush and these, um, you know, spikes in diversity. Mm. Just broadly, we need to get people who think differently into think our team. Right. And look, and you know, I'm I'm all for the hybrid because that's what we're talking about here. It's about in, in encouraging a mindset of, you know placing people into their hybrid role because that's where you will be most productive it's where you'll be most innovative it's where you'll be happiest and i'm a huge believer in this if you're happy and content in doing your job you will thrive in it but let, let's take it back a step then so for people who have got scalable businesses how on earth are they supposed to hire in this way because it's this is more labor intensive isn't it this is going to take more time to establish what that mindset is and how those people's brains work so you've got a couple of interesting things happening at the moment. Um, you've got organizations, large organizations like IBM or Microsoft or a variety of SAP, right? What they're doing is they're building autism programs. So they huge organizations. They've got communities of people who are autistic, as an example, who are starting to get vocal within the organization in a really positive, engaging way. And then an autism program gets built, as an example, and they start to hire people that way and they, they learn from it and go, well, okay, how can we scale that, right? That's one element, right? Well, that's all good and well, but not many organizations that have that scale and technology driven. You've then got, what I see is happening is a lot of small tech companies now, HR technology, a wide variety of other technology companies, they're accidentally becoming heavily weighted to being quite neurodiverse okay. not by design by accident but by design of the fact of the types of jobs they've got so if right. you if you're a technology firm and you've got developers and testers you may be able to just go into their bubble for the day they may be able to work from home because it's a remote company or you know like smart recruiters they just go hey we're just going to go remote um because we've got people all over the world already so and um, uh, uh, and there's other organizations that are doing that now they they've just created this environment and this opportunity for people who otherwise couldn't get into work couldn't yeah. access work didn't feel they fitted in in work all of a sudden they do so so we've got this happening and i think uh so some companies don't need to think about it too much as in you don't need to go in and design all these crazy processes what you need to do is you need to go into work on monday morning and go do we really know our people, mm. right? We think we know them. Yeah. We treat them well. They generally like being here. But have we really talked to them? And this is when we start to talk about bringing your whole self to work and that stuff. Do we, do we really get them? We don't have to force them to speak no. about who they are. No. But some people will be willing to, right? Do, uh, do we know if we have anybody who is autistic? Yes, you do. But do we know? Can we, can we engage our community and say, we want to make a difference? We want to know who works here. We want to encourage more people with a similar mindset who are going to break boundaries and help us achieve wonderful things. But we need our current employees to help us do it. Yeah. So we need to open up the conversation, but we're going to do it in a safe way. Now, that may be through speaking to external organizations, Auto Trader, um, Christos Tapunis, great example. He worked with National Autistic Institute, Society, sorry, NAS, um, and, and got them in to advise and to support. You may want to get somebody like Professor Amanda Kirby in and her team do it profile. Or you may just literally want to start yourself. Right. Um, which is, you know, write a blog about it internally. You yeah. know, uh, I could do it because it's 
my community, so to speak, and I can talk about my experiences. Is there somebody who's willing to do that? Um, but we have to protect them as well. Don't make them the only go-to person. You know, the only person who is ADHD in the organisation. I mean, that's not necessarily a positive thing either. Because you put a lot of pressure on that individual. You, create, you want to create champions who are happy to advocate it, but equally, like you say, a protective space for them. Absolutely. And if you're, I mean, I've been at events recently where, you know, there are, there are retail companies that do a lot of brilliant work around uh, engaging with communities, mm -hmm. talking to them, great with the employer brand and everything else. But there are people delivering that who are employees and we've got to protect them as well. Yeah, so I'd say... It, there's things that we can do that are simple, but we also got to think about the well-being of those individuals. Because what you tend to find, if you're a woman, as an example, and you're um, autistic, chances are you may have been missed. Yep. And what tends to happen is misdiagnosed. So you're missed as being autistic. Yep. You then may be sent to your GP by your mum or your dad because they're worried about you. You might be self-harming. You might have other challenges. You might be bullied. You might not all different stuff that could be going on that could impact your mental health and well-being you get sent to the gp because don't know what to do parents don't know yeah. gp says oh you're depressed here's some drugs that'll sort you out right gp is not necessarily doing the wrong thing gp no. has the information and knowledge in front of them yeah. that person then spends three years on antidepressants believing that is what's the, the challenge that they're facing in life no they just need to understand they're autistic, right? And, and some of the emotional challenges, uh, or they may be ADHD, or some of that is attributed to being autistic. And the fact that society's not set up in a way to help them, making them feel like they don't fit in, which yeah. of course that's going to make you feel like, you know, not very good. Not great. And yeah, 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 exactly. So, you know, you've got all these different uh, types of challenges that, that can make it difficult for people as they try and you know access the workplace and then the workplace trying to unpick that and allow these people to come in and still be productive and still do the sort of intention of what the business whatever that business looks like and obviously for our community it's it's recruitment business owners so i mean so bearing that in mind if that's our listener space what can recruitment companies do to be more inclusive to neurodiversity we interrupt this podcast episode of the recruiters recruitment podcast to tell you about our amazing sponsor. Hoxo Media are the world's leading content recruitment marketing agency, specifically for the recruitment industry. And they currently work with over 250 recruitment agencies, including Key Recruitment, and 3,000 recruitment consultants to help them build out LinkedIn brands that then allow them to open up more opportunities by following a proven methodology every single day. Now in 2021, the hugely successful Hoxo Academy, of which I was part of, is changing. And they've now launched an eight-week personal brand launch programme, which can now help you roll out this methodology across your business. The Hoxo Academy is aimed at helping traditional recruiters, of which I am one, who rely on outbound calls to attract clients and candidates equally. Now, very often traditional recruiters actually lack the knowledge of how to best use LinkedIn, other than maybe posting jobs, you know, every few days, but then struggling with ideas and original content, and also just confidence in terms of what to produce and how to produce valuable content. Now we're living in a post COVID world, and we all know now that the world is truly digital. 
The modern recruiter needs to be equipped and have a unique and consistent LinkedIn presence that offers value to their community and drives opportunities inbound. The Hoxo Academy helps every recruiter in the recruitment agency that becomes part of the academy and helps every recruiter achieve this in just eight weeks, enrolling new cohorts of training at the start of each calendar month. So this is an exclusive deal for you, our listener. The Recruiters Recruitment Podcast is so proud to be sponsored by Hoxo Academy that the deal is amazing for the first 50 customers in 2021. They are offering you the chance to enroll unlimited users on this program for 12 months at no extra cost. So whether you're listening to this and you've got a team of 15 or a team of 500 and you're looking to hire more during 2021, you can rest assured that they will all get this training that they then need to build out their brand that wins business on LinkedIn. So please click on the link attached to this episode or alternatively DM me to find out how your agency can join this incredible programme. And having been a cohort member myself and a graduate of the Academy at the end of 2020, I'm really proud to advocate this phenomenal and really, I think, business critical academy for every recruiter who wants to get the best out of LinkedIn and ensure that they also become inbound. Thank you for listening to this message. Enjoy the rest of the episode and do get in touch for more details. So I imagine if I think of my days uh, in a recruitment agency, and definitely in my first recruitment agency, uh, uh, one of the team was autistic and one of the team was ADHD, or, as well as me. And we were only a team of about seven. Mm. So, <laughs> no, because if you think around uh, the, what happens is you've got recruitment. Well, you may have recruitment in technology. So you may have people who go into recruitment and technology because they have an interest in technology. Yeah. You see? So you, you're already having different uh, mindsets yeah. finding where they may potentially fit in. Yeah. Right? So then you've got people uh, who are dyslexic or ADHD can be quite good at sales or gift of the gap. Yeah. So they yeah. tend to accidentally find themselves yeah, in recruitment companies because they'll talk a bit and you know that kind of fits in with what you need to do. Get on the phone in the old days. You know, I, I don't know uh, what it's like now as much, but you <laughs> know, still, was, somebody's doing that. <laughs> It's a lot of getting on the phone. Yeah, I imagine so. <laughs> and building relationships with candidates. So what I would say to uh, recruitment companies and the owners, again, you've probably got a more diverse uh, employees than you perhaps mm. think. Mm. And actually what you may be doing is putting undue pressure on those employees, yeah. whether sale targets or whatever, that don't actually um, engage, don't connect with them, don't engage them and don't motivate them. So that's where you see recruiters all the time, really good in this company, absolutely die of death in this company. Yeah. And, and they think the recruiters are like, oh, well, I'll just go over there and I'll take my customers. And it's, it's the way they're treated. It's the way they're motivated. It's the way they're managed. Um, and, and that comes down to your neurological makeup. I'm not motivated by money. That doesn't mean I don't like money. Doesn't, I, I'm motivated by opportunity to feel good about the stuff yeah. I'm doing. And I need to be rewarded through 
this like yeah where people have tried to um tell me that my job's at risk or that i need to hit x amount this month or that's at risk or i'm, I'm zoned out yeah. like i'm not taking it tomorrow because you the psychological contract between me and you has just been broken and it's not going to be fixed now some recruitment directors they work on that kind of hard tough do it do it do it we've got to make it we've got to make it ring the bell ring the bell ring the bell and there'll be a proportion of people that works for and there'll be a proportion of people who it really doesn't it's the um, effect isn't it really and i think that it's in, you know i think diversity and inclusion is definitely I, I can see that that's becoming you know more commonplace certainly in the recruitment industry which is obviously very welcome and, and do you think that this will become part of the remit of, of whether that's the DNI specialist or an HR professional? Will this, will this be an area that they need to be fully conversant in and be able to analyse and address this for their existing people and also for future hires as well? So, um, yes, in short, uh, there's been some research done by um, the Recruitment Events Company, the LR100, around where... Um, in-house recruitment get their recruiters from and it's um, agency recruitment right something like 60 70 percent right so that's feeding it but then you look at agency agency recruitment and it's like white uh, white male right predominantly you know um, so then you know you go and hang on a minute so the recruitment uh, these recruitment companies are uh, predominantly white male with some variations but generally predominantly white male that's feeding the in-house community so that means 60, 70% of that is going to be white male. And you're thinking, well, what, what's going on here? So the, the reason why I mention this is because what agencies should be thinking about now is we need to represent the organizations um, that we want to supply, right? And we right. also need to rec represent our local communities. Yes. If you're in Manchester, what is, what is your makeup? What's the demographic make? It's diverse, right? Well, if you as a recruitment company are not diverse, what are you doing? Yeah. And the same with London and other areas. You, you need to be better representing the people of your community and the organisations that you're supplying to. Mm. And if anything, they should be pushing the boundaries. So um, by employing more diverse people uh, from a more diverse background, whether that's ethnicity, gender, neurological makeup, they, just by doing that, are feeding the in-house teams of the future yeah. Yeah. with more diverse candidates but they are also showing the companies they're working for we believe in this we, yeah right? we're starting we part of your community we're not just saying that we really are part of your community look at us strategy and there's not enough of them so any recruitment leader there running a business now you are doing something that is outside of the norm yeah do it do because it you're leading the way um, just think about the makeup of your teams. And you did say something around it being harder. Yes, it is harder because what you may find is there are less people uh, who are uh, neurologically diverse or from ethnic uh, minority backgrounds because we've not done this. So you are going to struggle. You are going to have to convince somebody from uh, an ethnic background to come into a team that may, where they see no representation of themselves. You are gonna have to show them that you mean business and that you wanna bring them in for the right reasons and you wanna make change. So yes, you are gonna put some effort into that and I hope you wanna do that. The other element of that is 
yes, it's more difficult to manage people who come with their own minds, who are going to challenge the status quo, who aren't going to sit at that table and go, yes, sir, no, sir, you're correct, sir. I agree, everybody's saying the same. They're going to come in and they're going to disrupt. They're going to challenge the status quo, but your organisation is going to be all the better for it. Yeah, because you're going to be able to make a difference in a change at this point in history where the doors have been well and truly blown off. They have been blown off, haven't they? I absolutely agree with you. And uh, sort of a, a, one final question for you. If the listener is actually somebody who is sat there and they're neuro, neurodiverse, whether it's autism, ADHD, dyslexia, and they're feeling a little bit, well, I'm not really sure what to do next. What would, you, what would the one piece of advice be to them? So I would reach out to they did a community so people who are neurodiverse you can research on on linkedin just put in neurodiversity um put in dyslexia adhd see who's talking about it yeah see what groups they're a member of yep. see who's liking and sharing see if there's other people who might be within recruitment and you know a safe bet for you might be to reach out to people who are in-house um if you if you really are concerned around uh, your health and well-being and who you work for because you might be concerned, contact somebody and they go, oh no, I think it's a load of rubbish. <gasps> They're within your community. So it might just make sense just to step outside of that slightly, build some level of confidence around what you can and can't do, yeah. and then go from there. Now you may well know that your boss or, what, or your manager might have previously shared that they suspect that one of their kids might be neurodiverse. Now there's an easy routine, right? Because yeah. you can go, oh, well, I think I might be. I've had people come up to me in organizations that I've worked in, and because I'm an advocate and I speak about it, they've whispered in my ear, I'm dyslexic, but I'm not telling anybody. I'm not gonna, you know, this is my thing, but, but I'm really pleased you talk about it because I can just listen to that. Is there such a stigma? Well, uh, so, so in this instance, yes, cultural stigma. So if you are from, um, a particular ethnic background for example and there's a view that you should become a doctor or a dentist or whatever and you go on and do a different role there, there may be stigma around that alone then add to it something that may still not be appreciated understood, understood. or respected as part yeah. of that community so yeah. that that that's there's all these layers so it's not just the challenge in work it's the challenge at home or within your family or friendship group around what they might think. And that person might not be ready to change the mindset of their family and friends. And it's, it's enough that they realised something about themselves that empowers them. And that gives them energy to, you know, be proud of themselves. Because yeah, I think that's yeah, be proud of what you do. Find out who you are. That's definitely the case. And obviously they can always uh, listen to your podcast which will make sure the links are on there and a little plug if you like for your book that's coming out do we have a yeah. day yeah 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 so I'm, I'm writing this with amanda kirby um and uh, kogan page are publishing it it's been over a year in the making um and i got a you know there's a couple of people i'll, I'll be thanking as part of the book who got me to go and write this but basically, uh, you know, it's kind of put your money where your mouth is type of thing. If you talk about it so much, go and bloody write something about it. Because there was nothing out there um, that we felt. So the, the book, Neurodiversity at Work, um, really is just kind of giving organisations, individuals, the opportunity to have it all in one place. The research, the evidence, um, what organisations are doing. Uh, so hopefully in the next few months it will be out. 
We're still finishing things off now, and but you can order it from Amazon, Waterstones, The sure. Rich Smith. Well, we'll make uh, sure that that link is on all the um, channels when we set, share this broadcast because I think it's really important and I think it's a topic that touches absolutely everybody's life. We all know somebody that's classed as neurodiverse and I'm all for changing the mindset of people. So you've just been a delightful guest, as I knew you would be because you're always an absolute joy to be with at the True Event. So thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it, Theo. No problem at all. Absolute pleasure.